Hello and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day it was written. Today we are going to continue our study on just a thought on the book of Revelation, a verse-by-verse study to see what God has to say to us from His Word. We now join in progress part three of our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation. Two woes are yet to come from the three woes that are spoken of in Revelation chapter 8. We covered the first woe in verses 1 through 11. Now we're going to look at another woe, beginning with verse 13, where Revelation 9:13 says, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. When the sixth angel sounds the sixth trumpet, there comes out a voice from the four horns of the golden altar. That's the altar of worship, where the incense of worship, where the prayers of God's saints went up. This golden altar is in heaven before the throne of God. Now, horns in the Bible speak of power and authority. And so this voice that comes out of the four horns in the golden altar before the throne of God is proclaiming the power and authority of God in bringing the judgment upon this world. In Revelation chapter 9 and verse 14, we read, saying to the sixth angel, here's the voice that came out of the golden altar before the throne of God. Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. That's what the voice declares. Speaks with authority and power to unleash four angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates. You do know where the Euphrates River is, don't you? Runs right through Baghdad. And God has four angels, bound angels, that are no doubt fallen angels. They're bound there until God's ready to use them to fulfill His purpose. You realize that God can allow, you realize that God can allow or not allow? It is God who sets kings up. It is God who takes kings down. It is God who brings judgment. And it is God who holds back the judgment today. The Euphrates River in Scripture is considered to be the greatest river of all the boundaries in the Bible. It is the most prominent of the rivers referred to in Scriptures and in fact is one of the boundaries of the Garden of Eden. The thing that really sets people off today, if they know the scriptures at all, is that the Euphrates River is the boundary for the promised land that's given to Israel. We read in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 18, In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, 
saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. From the river of Egypt, that's the Nile, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. That's the land grant given to Israel by God. An unconditional covenant. That's the land that belongs to Israel. They certainly do not have it today. And no politician of our day would dare to state that that's the boundaries that God gave this land to Israel. We have a song in our country, this land is my land, this land is your land. Well, Israel could say that from the Nile River to the Euphrates River. This land is their land. It goes from the easternmost boundary of Egypt, the Nile, to the boundary of the Persian Empire, the Euphrates River. Get a map and take a look at that. You'll see what all the trouble in the Middle East is about. Israel's enemies have always tried to deny Israel that land that belongs to them from God. By the way, God says it's his land. Stop and think about where history is today. And like I said before, get yourself a map. Find the Nile River and find the Euphrates River. And that's the land that belongs to Israel. And you'll see what the real problem in the Middle East is and why there's never going to be any peace until the Prince of Peace sits on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem and proclaims that land to Israel. One of these days, Babylon will be rebuilt. It will be the commercial center of the world. It will be the religious and military center of the Antichrist. And this is where those four angels are bound. And they're going to be loosed, verse 15 says. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Well, you can't get more specific than that. God has a specific time for everything. The Bible says when the fullness of time was come, Jesus was born. We read that in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Specific time. Jesus, in fact, could not be crucified till his time was come. In John chapter 7 and verse 6, Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 18, And he said, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Time is in God's hands. And our time 
and times are in the hands of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 31 and verse 15, My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Every event is according to God's timing. So this demonic army is supernatural, superhuman. They're monsters. Out of their mouths issues fire and smoke and brimstone. Brimstone is sulfuric acid and burning or burning sulfur. People talk about a hellfire brimstone preacher. They're talking about preaching what hell's like, and these are going to bring hell on earth for, for, for real. Imagine seeing such an army tearing across the ground, half man, half horse, like the mythological centaur. Men will literally die from fear. In Isaiah 5 and verse 26, it says, And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far, and will hiss unto them from the end of the earth. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. God's going to bring the nations together for this terrible battle. Psalm 57 verse 4 says, My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. This now concludes part three of our study on Just a Thought on the book of Revelation. Join us for part four in our next release. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on Just a Thought on the book of Revelation. Now, before you go... How about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.